What's good, everyone, and welcome to this surprise episode of Playconomics. I know we usually give you an episode at Monday, 9 a.m. weekly, but today we're doing something a little different because I'm running the show this week because Bobby is still in Miami doing GTA 6 research. And listen, I don't want to interrupt him, but because I don't want to interrupt him, I don't have to think tank. Should we do an episode completely dedicated to the Xbox Developer Direct? And the answer is yes. Let's get into it. What's good, everyone? And if you're still watching, which I hope you are, like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell because we are giving you too much hot Playconomics content over the next couple months, weeks, years, whatever kind of time metric you want to use. And let's get into what we're here to discuss today, the Xbox Developer Direct. And I am an Xbox fanboy. Some people, Bobby, might actually call me an Xbox. Some people do that. It, listen, it's a very, very creative um, nickname. It really is. But what we're getting into today is just how absolutely 10 out of 10 this Developer Direct is. And I would not be surprised if all of these games come out in 2024 that we see Xbox in one game studio or another completely sweep Game of the Year. I'm talking, we have Avowed, we have Indiana Jones, we have Sokka, Hellblade 2, boom, 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 three potential Game of the Year nominees in one developer direct. And first, we're going to get into it with the first thing that they showed, Avowed, and hot damn. I feel like every time I think about Avowed, I forget about it. I, in I forget about it for months weeks and it's just it looks so good and it is the definition if you were making a video game that was this is a matte ass video game you have avowed the story and questing that they showed they showed a short snippet from uh, actual gameplay of you doing some type of quest where you have to kill you find a rogue group of bandits and um you find out that one of their members deserted on their side of the story. You find the deserter. He said that it was a completely different um, scenario. And based on that interaction, you were able to go from there and make choices that will dramatically affect the way that you turn in that quest and how the world develops in that area. I love it. You guys know I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 a lot, and you know that Baldur's Gate 3 has completely changed the landscape for all rpgs moving forward after 2023 and i love to see that avowed was already on that track the story and quest line look really good it looks really well developed it looks like they put a lot of effort into not only replayability by making these games feel like you're making dynamic choices and you're going to want to see all of these other options come later on if you may have made this choice how would the game have played played out if you had th made this choice how would the game have played out but it's also giving you a piece of character development that you get to develop your character in your own way play the game that you want 
and you feel the game kind of interact with the way your character is interacting with the world. And I think that's a huge, huge bonus for an open world first person RPG like this. Next thing we get to the combat. Why do we even need Elder Scrolls six at this point? This combat looks so smooth and it is, it is exactly what I've wanted from literally every Bethesda game that has ever come out on the entire planet. It looks, looking back at Skyrim and Oblivion, the combat was the weakest point of that game. They were so well developed. The games were awesome. Don't get me wrong. I played many iterations of Skyrim. I bought many different versions of Skyrim. But a big criticism of things like Skyrim, things like Oblivion, things like Starfield, is they don't deviate from the the past one. If you played Oblivion, you will not feel anything different between Oblivion and Skyrim. If you played Starfield, you are not feeling anything different between Starfield and Fallout. If it is a Bethesda game, it plays like a Bethesda game. This looks and feels like what elder scrolls 6 should be so i'm very very skeptical of elder scrolls 6 now because why would you even make it when you have avowed the combat looks so so clean there's the they're shooting the spells with the different wands they're pulling out the sword shields they're getting the sword bashes in it's just really clean fun first person combat you got your swords and shields you're slinging spells and if all else fails whip out the glock and hit him with a double tap to the head it just looks so smooth for a first person rpg and i'm 100 110 percent into it and if i haven't already said it enough times this is a matte ass game swords shields magic don't love the guns being included because i think it takes away from the whole sword and shield aesthetic why would you have swords and shields if you could just shoot somebody but it's fine it's clearly in a high fantasy world and you know you know there is gonna be a dragon and if there's a dragon i'm gonna slay it and that's the biggest thing that i could ask for any of these high fantasy rpgs is that you give me a goddamn dragon and i didn't show one but i know it's there I know it's there, and personally, if it doesn't have a dragon, it's not my game of the year. It never will be. But outside of that, the graphics look fantastic, and based on the way that Kara Patel was describing the fact that the area that you were walking into during the developer direct was the third zone that you can get to, I think it means that this is going to be a massive goddamn game. It's going to be massive. You're in the third zone. They're showing you picks from the third zone. Usually it's zones one, two, three, thirds final most of the time. Baldur's Gate, act one, two, and three. We're talking third zone. And they showed it to us. Which means there's a lot more. There's a fourth. There's a fifth. There's a sixth. There might even be a goddamn seventh. I'm so unbelievably excited for Avowed. It Words cannot describe. I went into this year saying that Hellblade 2 was 100% going to be my game of the year. And I... I'm still on that train. But damn, Avowed is making a really, really, really good case. And it's coming out in fall 2024, baby. You know, you know I'm going to be playing that day in on release because I subscribe to Game Pass. And continuing on the fantastic train, absolute 10 out of 10 
is Sona Saga Hellblade 2. We finally get the release date. So if you're here for the release date, it's May 22nd or May 21st. Wow, I almost messed up the release date. The whole reason we're here. May 21st, 2024. So it is coming in just a few short months. We will be able to experience Hellblade 2. I'm less hyped about the information that we got from the developer direct on this. Uh, They said that it's short. Or they didn't say that it was short, but they said it was a solid narrative focus. And what that felt like to me is that this has the opportunity to be a 10, 15 hour game. And I'm going to be pissed because we saw it with Spider-Man 2 where it's just, yeah, it's cool. We got a lot of story beats, great combat. It's fun, but it's short. And if you're going to spend the amount of money like you spend on Spider-Man, a $300 million game, and you give me 15 hours of content. I don't want it. I need this to be a nice deep dive of 20, 25 hours. I need 10 out of 10 combat and I need 10 out of 10 graphics. So far, they're saying it's story driven. So I'm assuming the story is going to be a 10 out of 10. I'm going to, I'm going to let them cook. I'm letting, letting the developers cook. I know good things are going to come out of this. I'm not concerned about where the story is going, how the story is going to play out. What I am concerned about is the combat. So far in every single one of these trailers, we have not seen any user interface combat. So it looks like to me, and I could be wrong, and their combat could be absolutely god tier, but it looks like a lot of what they're doing here is pre-rendered. It's a lot of pre-rendered combat that it's showing like very visceral interactions between sauna and the different um like the ghouls and the goblins that she's fighting and it looks beautiful and it presents beautiful and we'll get into the graphics and the music later but god damn it looks awesome but if it doesn't play well if we get a clunky kind of mob swarm hack slash god of war-esque combat it's fine it's cool But again, I don't want a game carried by the story. I don't want to come back to this game and say, what are you talking about? This was the greatest narrative experience of all time. Like Sony does with God of War and The Last of Us. They were great stories. They were mid games to play. I played through both of those. Actually, no, I couldn't even make it through God of War. I played through The Last of Us for the cutscenes. If there was a way, and there will be in like two years when they come out with season two of um, season two of The Last of Us, if there's a way that I could just experience the story and the cutscenes, I would have done that. I would have preferred that to the combat. It's it's okay. It's okay, and I don't want that for Hellblade. I want it to be a real get in there. The combat is the best part of the game. That is what you are experiencing ninety five percent of the time. Make it so that that is the best part of the game. The story needs to be good, but I'll take a 7 to 8 on story for 10 combat over a 10 combat 6 or a 10 story with 6 on the combat. I really want to see from Hellblade 2 before it gets released. At at this point, it doesn't really matter. The pre-downloads are available. Go pre-download it if you want it. It's on Game Pass, so if you have Game Pass, you just download the game and you have it on may 21st what i want to see from hellblade 2 is actual combat i want to see someone playing the game 
and show me what it is going to feel like to play that game. So far, it is either by far the greatest combat of all time, where you are live in combat, and it looks fantastic, or they've only showed us pre-rendered combat, and I need to see actual gameplay outside of uh, Sonic just walking around. Because that's cool, but listen, I want to see what the main focus of the game is going to be about. Then we get to the absolute highlight of the Hellblade 2 announcement, trailer, reveal, release, footage. The absolute top-tier piece of this is that the graphics look absolutely wild. They are so good. And it is the peak of what the Xbox Series X and S can do. And this is a subtle dig at Sony. It's not toting some type of gimmick as really cool graphics and processing power. It's not instant fast travel that's carried by a pre-rendered loading screen like Spider-Man. Or flashy riffs that are not necessarily exclusive to what the PS5 can do. This is in your face. Goddamn everything looks beautiful. It's a dark, gritty, muted color palette. And it's awesome. It is fantastic. And aesthetic-wise, not usually my choice. But damn, it looks so so good and there's literally nothing nothing that this game could provide graphically that would ever be better than this it looks so so good and i cannot wait to experience it and to top off what they were able to do graphically the music is going to be 10 out of 10 and over the last couple years i've been really appreciating video game music and how important it is to not only just setting the scene in a lot of video games and gameplay but also how much effort and time goes into the process of developing the music for the video game and how it i don't want to say adds to the culture of the video game but it certainly adds to the experience and it shapes the way the narrative unfolds based on how the music score is developed this game is awesome it the music is going to be fantastic it's going to be 10 out of 10 and i may just start playing i could see myself in the gym bumping this music getting ready to fight some dragar and whatever other ghouls and goblins hellblade 2 has got me going into so i cannot wait to start hearing voices may 21st and what we're going to get into now is something that triggered deep deep seated younger matt emotions and we're going to be talking about Visions of Mana. I had zero idea. I must have missed this in all other Xbox-related announcements. This game caught me so off guard. And it triggered memories deep, 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 deep in my subconscious of days of playing the Game Boy Advance. And all of a sudden, I remembered Sword of Mana. And I'm like, hold up. One of my favorite childhood games of all times. They continued making these. And th uh, then I found out that this is just the latest edition in the Mana series. And 
I am 100% in on this game. Adult Matt might not have enjoyed this game if he didn't have the memories with um, Swords of Mana, just because it does seem a little cartoonish. It seems very Final Fantasy, which a lot of times I like, but sometimes it gets a little too cartoonish for me and it kind of keeps me away from the game. But the memories that this game brought up, it is a must-play day one when it comes out, summer 2024. It, yes, it has that cartoonish look, but remembering the series, it always has that cartoonish look, and I fully embodied it. It is an open-world RPG. It's filled with magic, spells, swords. What else does Matt want? You get to ride around on a black box. It looks fucking awesome and i cannot wait to play it this is an instant pickup it's not going to be a 10 out of 10 or game of the year contender but this is a big big win for the xbox itself because i think this is a huge one beginning the partnership with square enix and we know that's coming final fantasy 14 is current or final fantasy 14 online is currently an open beta on the xbox which i am definitely playing within the next like week or so we're seeing the development of Xbox in the Eastern markets, and this is a big piece of it. We saw that uh, Yakuza uh, Infinite Wealth had gotten announced during the Xbox develop or an Xbox showcase earlier in 2023. We're seeing games like or games from Square Enix start to get released. We're starting to see them catch up on release times with um, they come out first on Sony, but then they very quickly are starting to make deals to have them come to Xbox. And now we're seeing Final Fantasy Online come to Xbox. And now we see Visions of Mana being offered, I think, exclusively on Xbox. But it is an absolute bolstering of not only the relationship between Square and uh, Xbox, but also Xbox into the Eastern market, which I think is a huge, huge untapped resource that xbox really hasn't been able to get into and sony's been completely controlling with the playstation and nintendo for the most part has also been controlling but it is a big big win to have nice xbox exclusive games that are specifically drafted for the eastern um consumers i'm gonna play it because it looks dope but very guided towards that market and i'm completely okay with it next thing we got is aura history untold and this was my least favorite game of the announcements, only because it it's not for me. It's a civilization building game. It's highly ambitious. They are just completely blowing it out of the water on how many decisions and how many choices you can make regarding building your civilization, starting off from dirts and pickaxes and bringing it all the way into the modern days to see how your prestige ha hangs with the other societies that have grown it looks like it's going to have a big multiplayer component to it i think it's going to be much bigger on pc than it is on xbox but i'm sure it'll be on both xbox game pass and pc game pass it looks this looks like a gem of a game that it won't be like minecraft but it's in the same it'll be in the same like conversation of a very very unique game until what fortnite did with minecraft but with their uh lego builder it'll be in the same conversation where there's really no other game that you can play that's like this and i think that's what they're getting with our history untold 
comes out in fall 2024 and i think it's just gonna it's gonna be a game that's for a niche population and a niche set of gamers but i think they're gonna be very 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 vocal about how goddamn good this game is and i think we're gonna see a lot a lot of content online specifically about how cool this game is and then it's gonna turn into a nice cult classic for the xbox ecosystem but now for what everybody was waiting to hear how did the indiana jones game look first and foremost we didn't get a full release date it's just sometime in 2024 first thing i noticed immediately as soon as this reveal started was that i no longer trust todd howard he was hyping up and talking about this game and saying things and like, oh, I've always wanted to make an Indiana Jones game and blah, blah, blah. Is this going to be my last game? Everyone's speculating. I don't trust Todd Howard after Starfield. And I think Starfield got was more harshly criticized than it should have been. I think it was a solid 7.5 to 8 out of 10. And I think people took it a little too far. Um with the negative comments and i think because of the hype that went around it people were upset about what actually they got when they should have been expecting fallout in space i don't trust what todd howard is saying anymore i just i hope this project is good from what we see and we'll get into what we were shown at the developer direct but god i don't know todd i i'm not I would never call for anyone's job because that's somebody's livelihood. But after the misses that I've seen Todd Howard be like, yep, I'm, it's going to be revolutionary. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. There's 50 billion planets, but you only get to explore 10% of them because the rest of them are just pre-rendered garbage. It's, I just... I'm not sure that me and him have the same alignment on what a good game is. So I'm very skeptical of this game, but I'm taking it at face value. I'm keeping my emotions about Todd Howard out of my reaction to this video game. And the first look is that one machine gaming, getting this project is an absolute godsend. I know that Todd Howard said that, and I am agreeing with him. It was the correct choice. And what, what I want to say here is that I'm sure everybody was expecting a third-person Indiana Jones game and basically an Uncharted ripoff, which Uncharted is just based off Indiana Jones, but they couldn't get the rights to Indiana Jones, so it's now we have the real one. So Uncharted's actually the knockoff, but I digress. The fact that this is first-person is absolutely genius. Because... Nobody wants to play a video game as Indiana Jones. They want to play a video game where they are Indiana Jones. I don't want to see my character sling a whip, shoot a gun, slide through the trap as it's coming down and the door closing rapidly and it's just you get straight through. I don't want to see my character do that. I want to do that. I want to be in first person, cracking the whip, shooting the gun, lifting the treasure and tossing the bag there to keep the weight the same. I want to be Indiana Jones. I don't want to play as Indiana Jones. 
and they said it during their reveal of this game and why they chose to make it first person and i've never identified more with an explanation than that it is 100 percent true and from this first look you are indiana jones and they did give it and they were very um not tongue-in-cheek about it but they were very candid at the fact that during the cutscenes, they're going to give you a third-person view because they still want to be like, yo, this is Indy. Like, they want, and they showed the picture of his silhouette. They're going to give you cutscenes that you're, it's going to feel like you're watching an Indiana Jones movie, and I love that for them. But then they're going to take you right back in and let you do Indiana Jones shit. And I want to do Indiana Jones shit. Um... Gameplay looks fantastic. I'm a little worried about the combat because they're it being an adventure game and it being Indiana Jones's and the amount that they put the amount of emphasis they put on you can play the game in different styles like you could either fight or do stealth. It felt like they were putting an emphasis on they want you to do the stealth mechanics and I'm worried that it's because the combat isn't that good. And with what we've seen, and I've been highly critical of it earlier with Avowed, there's a lot of games that are first person that the biggest place they suffer is in combat. Because it's very difficult to have good combat when you're in first person view outside of a first person shooter. And a lot of those don't get it right. Not every game could be Apex Legends. I'm concerned that the relying on the whip in combat is going to be clunky. And that's all I have for the combat. And we saw clips of the combat, but obviously we're seeing the best case scenario of how that how the combat works with the whip. I'm going to want to whip everything if I'm playing as Indiana Jones. Let's be honest. Like, I'm going to be like, ah, give me your gun. <laughs> ah, whip this pole down and hit you in the head with it. Ah, hit a rock and it falls on you. That's going to be the only way that I play this game. If you think that I'm firing a gun, doing stealth, you're wrong. I'm going to be whipping. It's watch me whip. Nay, no, nay, nay. Just watch me whip, 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 over and over and over again. That's what me playing Indiana Jones is going to be. And if the combat's not good, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm going to be sad. And Xbox doesn't want that sad. Please don't, Xbox. Make the combat good. Then at the very end of the showing us a couple cinematics, um, it was cool. I liked seeing the cutscenes. Combat looked okay. Again, critical of the whip. Then they said Gina is going to be really important to the Indiana Jones story, blah, 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 how it develops. I swear to Christ that if I'm playing an Indiana Jones game and I get more than like a chapter of Gina, I'm going to riot. Not because she's a girl character. Get out of the YouTube comments. Actually, get back into the YouTube comments. It is because she's a girl. No, I'm just kidding. It's not because she's a girl. It's because I'm playing Indiana Jones. I would like to be Indiana Jones. And I think that is a fair ask. Just like with the Wolverine game, I don't want to play as Jean Grey. Make a Jean Grey game. You give me more than one chapter of gina i'm gonna be pissed it could be a indy gets captured gina has to use some type of whatever mechanic 
to get Indiana Jones free. She saves him. Relevant plot point that you can develop this character without having me have to play as her. And you can do it by giving me very, very short snippets of playing as her. If it's more than a chapter, I'm going to be pissed. I want to be Indiana Jones. If you want to do something to develop her character, do it in a cutscene. And then give me one like come to Jesus moment that she is a extremely relevant character, extremely capable character because you're controlling her and you get to do things that Indiana Jones couldn't do. And you free Indiana Jones or you save Indiana Jones from the main villain, whatever. And they both get away and then you're Indiana Jones again. Speaking of the villain. Looks really cool. Completely fit for the series but very predictable. He's if someone was to say, Matt, describe to me an Indiana Jones villain. That would be it. And maybe they hit the mark. Like maybe that was what they were going for. They're not breaking ground with uh, their villain joints. It does seem like the story is going to be a little simple. It's going to be a very streamlined Indiana Jones experience. And that the big piece of this game and the like the actual content isn't going to be the story. That'll be the like artifact discovering. And it'll, it'll be cool. Like it'll be in, you're playing an Indiana Jones movie, but at the same time, I think the real meat behind this game, the like 60 to, or 40 to 30, 30 to 40% of this game is just going to be exploration. It's going to be trying to solve mysteries that aren't necessary, develop lore, find Easter eggs, things like that. I think this is going to be a game that the story takes you 15 hours, but there's 30 hours of additional go find this, go do this, new game plus, solve this mystery, put these things together and it unlocks a secret ending, find these hidden bosses because you could go into the Sphinx and blah, 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 blah. That's what I think is going to come out of this game. And for an Indiana Jones game, that makes sense. The story is going to be simple. Stop the big bad from ending the world somehow or whatever the plot of an Indiana Jones movie is. But the exploration is really where it's going to be king and where this game is going to set itself apart as a action adventure game. Um, last thing I want to talk about is the graphics weren't Hellblade or Avowed, uh, but it's way better than Redfall. So I wasn't impressed, but they're solid graphics. It'll be fine. Again, I'm more concerned about the combat, making sure that it's fun to play. They're doing the big whip gimmick. It, the whip gimmick better be a focal point it you should be fighting with the whip almost exclusively in my opinion but with that being said like this video subscribe hit that notification bell and give us some comments let us know what game you're most excited for and what sony game you're most excited for in 2024 because there's literally absolutely none that have been announced uh join the discord for our viewer question of the week that episode will be out on monday at 9 a.m normal podcast episode this is a little matt special xbox showcase reaction uh all socials are linked in the uh description down below and that's all guys remember as always happy gaming <laughs>